podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, we're back with another West London Sport QPR podcast after a short summer break, but the football's back now and so are we. Obviously, I'm joined as always by former QPR striker Kevin Gallen and my West London Sport colleague Ian McCullough. Um, like I said, the football is back. We do have a game to briefly touch on. Uh, Ian, you went over to Crawley for the first pre-season friendly. Um, like I said, um, first game of pre-season, so not exactly, you know, take loads from it. But in terms of what you did see, Ian, I suppose it was a bit of a mixed bag, really, wasn't it? All good for about an hour and then it all... Fell apart. Um, yeah, I don't really look too much at pre-season. They just run arounds, really, and they. But he didn't really tell me anything I didn't already know. Um, yeah. In the first half, you got people like Rob Diggy, Stephen Johansson, Clark, Jake Clark, sort of Kenneth Powell, basically playing slippers in a dinner suit. They looked just a class above players in front of them, and you know, as you'd expect, you know, top quality championship players against League Two players, and it looked that way. Um, should have been sort of. Maybe three or four nil up at half time. Um, and in the second half, you know, McCauley Bomb, we know he's very capable of scoring goals at League Two against League Two op- opposition. He scored two, looked sharp. Shadipo, likewise, looked good at that level, did well when he came on. Um, but I suppose on the other flip side, you know, the deficiencies of, you know, some of the uh, other players that were below first team level. Um, we're there for all to see, um, you know, and certain players that we, we outlined before on here, just, you know, again, showing that, you know, they're not really cut out to be in a championship side. Um, so, and yeah, but, you know, because of being a friendly when you're 3-0 up with 20 minutes to go and you draw 3 all, then, you know, it's disappointing. But, you know, it's a it's a run around, it's a kick around, it's about getting fit pre-season. So, yeah. That's, yeah. I was going to say that, like, obviously, even though, it, like you said, it's, not can't really t- read too much into it. Was that like one of your biggest takeaways from the game? Was actually that some of the guys maybe around the first team you're not you wouldn't be too comfortable with going into the season as sort of regular backups almost. I mean, like you said, it is only a friendly, but um, was that kind of one of your big takeaways from it? And Michael Beards obviously spoke about the importance of like squad depth and that maybe being a factor last season and why it went wrong. Is that something that, that needs to be worked on? Do you think now going into the rest of the transfer window, which we'll come on to more in a minute as well? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely doing the fullback positions. I mean, as I say, Kenneth Powell looks a really good player. Very, um, he didn't really get forward, he didn't have to because Rangers had so much of the ball, he wasn't really bombing on. But you can see just his touch and the way he moves, and sort of, you know, he looks a really good player. Um, but I mean, below that, Nico Hammerlinen again. I mean, I don't want to keep you know banging the same old drum, but unfortunately for him, he's just not good enough, and I think you know. They've lost Lee Wallace and Moses Odebajo, who are, you know, competent and capable championship players. Um, and they haven't really got anyone. If, if Powell was to get an injury early in the season, if you're starting the season with Nico Hamelin as your left back, then, you, you know, <laughs> you've got problems, frankly. Um, mm. You know, Osman Kakai, you know, was a fault for the second goal. Didn't... Uh, I'm a bit torn with him because... He can sort of fill in and play sort of as a centre back role, and he can sort of be an auxiliary sort of fill in the right back if you have to. You wouldn't really want him as your number one choice as a right back. 
Um, but I mean, as a squad player, yeah, I think he's reasonably competent. But again, he's not. You're not going to. You're not going to. You can't expect a promotion winning team if you've got players like Elsman Kakai and Nico Hamelin starting week in week out in, in a championship defence. And you know, Michael Beal said after the, he didn't hang anyone out to dry, but he kind of alluded to. You know, that certain players, if they're not up to scratch, would be. You know, yeah, no hesitation in shipping them out. So. Um, I'm sure that we'll see sort of closer to the season who he's referring to there. But, you know, I think certainly they they know and they will bring in kind of, you know, more bodies to kind of bolster out the, the defensive areas. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty honest, wasn't he, in his post-match comments. He definitely didn't, didn't beat around the bush. Um, yeah, we'll come on to the fullbacks um, stuff in a bit. But I want to start, obviously, uh, wouldn't be a Western Sport QPR podcast if we didn't talk about strikers. Uh, you know, we've got what, obviously a former one amongst us. Um, so Ian, no, I'm joking. It's <laughs> Kev. Um, obviously, they brought Tyler Roberts in, um, as Ian mentioned. Jake Clark, Sarver, and Kenneth Powell coming into the defence as well. But when we look at the um, attacking areas of the pitch, Tyler Roberts has come in as almost like a kind of hybrid forward, not an out-and-out striker. Didn't play as an out-and-out striker um, for Leeds. Um, but when you look at the other options up top, obviously McCauley Bond did well in the first preseason game, scored twice. Um, got Lyndon Dykes, Charlie Kelman. Sinclair Armstrong, it looks like he's going to be someone who's in and around the first team. Not sure how much he'll get used, but Bill said um, in a really good interview with Loft for Words that um, he will be, he won't be going out alone and they will be in and around the first team because uh, he wants to keep him around. Um, but when you look at that, is that enough? They still need another striker, would you say? I mean, obviously there's question marks around Macaulay Bond and what's going to happen with him. He obviously did an interview saying he might quite like to go back to Ipswich. I guess that could change things. But when you look at all those options are you happy with that there's enough there uh i'm not too sure i mean i sort of read part of the macaulay bond interview and well i I thought he was quite blatant that he wanted to go back to ipswich uh, (laughs) as soon as he can and he said if it's not now christmas or next year he wants to go back so whether the manager can get into his head and sort of say he's got um a role to play or maybe you know convincing that he might be his number one uh, striker, then he might stay. Regarding uh, Tyler Roberts, I haven't really seen much of him. I have seen him play uh, a hybrid striker, like you said. I'm just a little bit concerned, you know, with his goal scoring record for Leeds. It's it's not great, and um, that says to me he's not an out and out number nine. His goal scoring is, which is sort of it baffles me because well, it doesn't baffle me, but you know, you're playing for Leeds. For two years in the championship, you're the you're the most attacking team. Even in the premiership, they were like all out attack. So chances were created. Whoever was playing for Leeds at, at, in the, the strikers position over the last two or three years under Bielsa, the, there's no doubt about that. Especially in the championship, you know they won the league, and then the year before they they lost in the playoffs. But the most attacking team, so that is a little bit of a concern regarding goals. But I've seen him play, yeah. Um, He's quick, strong. Um, some, you know, I think Ian said it quite a lot that since Ose Samuel left, we haven't had some real pace. Uh, regarding Kelman, I don't. I think he needs a, another alone. I can't see him playing. Sinclair Armstrong, I haven't seen him play, but it says to me, and, and you said that the manager said that he's going to not put him out on loan, but keep him around the first team. And then he's not on the tour to Germany. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, he basically said that he sent him on the other tour with the under-23s because 
he felt that he would get more game time there and he needs a proper preseason. It was almost like he's looking at the guys that he's deciding whether to loan out or not in the first team squad, if that makes sense. So like when okay. I spoke to him on Friday at the kit launch, he was sort of saying that um like don't read too much into that. So I think that was how he kind of explained it. But um yeah, go on. Well I I know, but if you're if I'm saying Claire Armstrong and and uh you've been uh, you've been told to go with the under twenty threes, but really you want to be with the first team. Me personally, if I was 18, 19, I want to go on tour with the first team because yeah. you want to be in amongst it. You're training with the, the, the better players at the club. And that's a big thing. The, the, the higher level you train as a football player and as a young player, um, the better you become. And, then, and I mean, a case in point, and I don't want to go off to another, but Man City never let Foden go out on loan anywhere. And I think Pep said that I want him to train every day with the first team mm. and you'll learn so much more because he was training with the the best probably best players in in, in Europe in, in England anyway not saying Sinclair Armstrong's that level but my point being is if you want to improve you improve every day training with the best players at the club because you one your brain has to be sharp physically you have to be sharper quicker, stronger, to keep up with the, the senior pros. And when I was a kid, uh, 18, Jerry used to let me come and train with the first team maybe once a week. And that once a week probably was more beneficial than me playing for the uh, reserves or the youth team in a, in a proper match. Just training mm. with the likes of Les Ferdinand, Ray Wilkins, Clyde Wilson, Alan McDonald. I had to go and play up against Alan McDonald. So my point being is Sinclair Armstrong training every day with the first team. He's up against Rob Dickey. He's up against Dunn. And to get past them, he has to be doing, you know, he has to be at 100%. So, yeah. you know, that's just my point of view. I'm sure you might hear uh, um, Michael McBeal's uh, point of view is different and he's the manager. But I do still think, you know, um, Lyndon Dykes, uh, it all depends what happens in the first two or three, four games of the season. And then if the strikers are scoring, they might think, well, we're okay. If they haven't scored, the panic button gets pressed. And then in the last week of the, the, the transfer window, you know, you, that's where you see loads of transfers. Oh, breaks loose. A little bit, it all breaks loose. It's like the, the manager will be saying, well, I need a striker. I need a striker. Or I need a right, I need another right back. I need another left back. Come on. If you don't get this now, we, we'll be in trouble. So um, I think what will happen was we'll be, we'll see. And then we'll see what the first two or three results are like. And then, you know, there'll be a, a bit of movement in the transfer window. Yeah, because obviously Coleman and Armstrong, so obviously young players. I mean, obviously Armstrong's going to stay in and around the first team. Like you said there, Kev, obviously not involved at the moment. But I assume going forward, that is what he'll um, he'll do. He'll want to do with Armstrong, get him in the first team training and around the best players. Um, but so if you look at the senior options, it's really... Roberts, if he's going to be a striker, which he can kind of do a bit both, obviously played behind the striker uh, against Crawley, Lyndon Dykes and Macaulay Bond as the kind of strikers. When you look at those three, I suppose a lot of it depends on Dykes, doesn't it? Because he's showing glimpses of what he can do, but I think he's, he's, he's got massive responsibility going into the season. Let's say for argument's sake, Macaulay Bond stays at QPR. Is that enough? Are you, do you feel like there's enough goals there? Because when I was talking to Beal on Friday, he was sort of quite relaxed about it, saying they've got goals throughout the team and pointing to some of the sides that did really well last year that didn't have an out-and-out -out striker scoring loads of goals. Um, do, do, you, do you share that view or are you concerned by 
the striking options that they've got available and, and the things they haven't got. I think I, I would like to see another out-and-out number nine. Yeah. I would. But they're hard to come by. Everyone, everyone, you know, everyone's looking for that player. Everyone's looking like... I'm talking from Premier League to non-league. If you speak to anyone, a manager or a scout, what are you looking for? Striker, striker. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer. The more strikers you have in the in the building for the season, the better. Yeah. So Ian, obviously you saw Macaulay Bond play on Saturday. Scored twice. So, you know it's Crawley Town, so you can't really too, read too much into it. It's first preseason friendly. You know, as I mentioned a minute ago, he's done the interview saying that he'd quite like to go back to Ipswich. Um, you know, he's kind of come out and said some comments before about frustration with not being involved. But from what you saw of him, do you feel like there is enough of a player in there to be given another chance under the new manager? Or is it just too much happened? Do you think a part of the ways is is easier at this point and then try and get someone else in? What Where, where are you on the kind of Macaulay Bond situation? Um, I mean, I judge players by what I've seen him do. And... I've seen enough of Macaulay Bond to think, yeah, he's he's there is a player in there. But I'm also you've got a question, you know, why is he saying things like that in an interview? It's not it's not the sharpest thing to do, is it, really? No. You know, I mean, from a reporter's point of view, brilliant. <laughs> it's outstanding, but <laughs> you got a new manager coming to the football club and you're giving an interview like that saying that, you know, you don't want to be there. It's not you know, then you're putting pressure on yourselves with the fans and it's not it's not a great thing to do and you sort of wonder really is that the kind of person you want around someone that's going to mm. sort of he did it last year as well he gave quite a yeah interview when he was uh, you like sitting on the bench and eating Jeff yeah cakes and, 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 and it's kind of you have to question like you know who's advising him and you know why is he doing that i mean i'm assuming that that's a journal recalling him from ipswich and the club didn't know about the interview and they've just you know nah, i doubt it yeah um so yeah it, it so it's, it's not ideal but as kev says you know there's not a load of money knocking around in qpr to bring in you know a proven goal scorer and they so, spent a lot on bond as well didn't they yeah, he, he million come, overall not, uh, that's the add-on so i don't know how much they paid in, yeah, in the end they're not going to let him go to it switch for you know they're going to want to get a fair bit of chunk of change back from what they paid yeah um so at the same time you've got a guy in pre-season who's scoring goals looking a bit more confident you're not they're not going to sort of let him go are they because you know they, they don't have a lot of striking options available to them uh tyler roberts is a player i really like i've seen every time i, I don't know it's every time i've seen leeds play and against qpr and other games i've covered leeds matches um he's always sort of stuck out to me he's got a good first touch he's got something about him he looks a real footballer um he's not prolific as has already been said but you know, he had something different to what I didn't have last year. Yeah. Sort of, um, I mean, Chris Willock had a fantastic season last year. Um, but Roberts is more, I think, dynamic, powerful and stronger and, you know, can hold players up. Good first touch, can hold off and lay off, which Rangers struggled a bit with last year. They didn't have anyone that could do that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Dykes, I mean, who are you going to bring in that's... But, but what you're going to pay that's better than what they've already got. And he's already sort of said um, he wants to get players in. Uh, he doesn't want to be loaning players in on loan to development for other clubs, which I, I'm mm. quite refreshed to hear because 
you know, you don't want to see a team full of Chelsea loanees. You want your own players given the chance or players you've brought in that are your players. So, yeah, we shall see. But, I mean, there'll be signings made after the season starts, for sure. Yeah. What'll happen is clubs who want a loan fee for some of their players will get it in July, but they won't get it on August the 31st when, you know, clubs are sort of... They want to get them off the wage bill and other clubs want to sign them. So you might see some... I mean, Andre Gray coming coming quite late last year, didn't he? Mm. Right on the on the deadline. So um, I think if you're starting the season tomorrow with what you've got, I don't think everyone's fit and available. Rangers sort of first 11, first 12, 13 is, is, is pretty strong. But my worry is what the depth is outside of that when, um, you know, you do yeah. get... As, yeah. we, as, as was shown last season, when key players got injured, then the, the wheels came off and, you know, the season went went to pot. I, I mean, I agree, Ian. You know, if you're a manager and, you know, your first 11 you're playing and it's nil-nil and it ain't really happening and that, that's your first 11 and it's pretty strong and then you look over to your bench and you're like saying, well, should I put him on? And and then you're thinking, hold on a minute, well, if, well he ain't better than who, who I've got on on anyway. And there's a saying in football with managers, you're only as strong as your bench, and and, and there's a little bit in it. But regarding signings, I mean, I do still think we need two or three, two at least fullbacks. Yeah, well, that really, brings me. Yeah, that's what I want to come on to next as well. Got I, I will say, sorry, just to butt in there. Um, Shadipo, who I haven't seen play for a few years. He he was quite encouraging when he came on. He, he kind of had something, you know, he's got a bit of pace about him, but he looked lively, you know, getting the ball and just knocking it past a fullback. And, you know, it was a great run and cross for, for Bond's second goal. I mean, that's someone there you think, well, he's 25 now, he needs to kick on really. But him as Not a bench good. option, it, he, a bench option, that's someone you sort of go, well, they didn't have that bench option last year. Um, and we, you know, we said numerous times about they haven't really replaced Samuel. So, um, you know, that, that was sort of... A, a flicker of encouragement as well, I think. Yeah, sorry, I lost my camera, so I'm trying to fix it. <laughs> give, me a, give me a sec. You carry on, Kev. You know, I mean, I'm actually surprised when you said that, Ian, that he's uh, Shadipo's 25. So he's not, you know what I mean? He's not a kid. You know, I always think, well, and I was changed a little bit, but I always thought, you know, well, young players, 18, 19, 20, maybe 21, you get above 21. You're now sort of stepping into like you should have like a few appearances behind behind you. Um, I see, yeah, I mean, I think the goalkeeping situation. I think you know, obviously, Sani Dieng, solid, very good goalkeeper. So the two really good years. Centre backs, you got, you you covered there with um, Dunn, Dicky, Salter, Clark. Is that Salter? Yeah. Uh, Clark sort of, <laughs> I love it. Uh, right back, Kakai at the moment. That's the only one I know uh, Albert can fill in there. But I spoke to Albert the other day at the kit launch, and you know he he, he watch he's watching the he watches these podcasts, and he was talking about it. <laughs> and I said, um, I said Albert, all I want to do is try and get you further forward up the pitch. Which I will say it now, he, he's a, an attacking player. He. He's, I know he did fill in very well at times uh, at right wing back yes, last year. But let's be fair, he's a right winger, attacking player. And that's when he's at yeah. his best. Mm. And then mm. you've got Pal on the left, 
But like you said, if he gets injured, who's there? I mean, Nico, I mean, he's had chance after chance and he's never stepped up to the plate. Is he going to step up to the plate now? I can't see it. Mm-hmm. Midfield looks pretty good. Tyler Roberts can play up front, number nine, but also play in the a chair and um, Willock positions. And we're not far off, but we just I think we just need a bit more strength and depth, a bit more uh, players who can challenge the first team, you know, to get into that first team and play and keep the first 11, whoever are playing on their toes, which is a big thing in football as well, because, you know, you have a, you have a few bad games and you know if there's someone in your position who's a good player, you know, hold on, I'm going to get dropped here, I need to pull my finger out. Yeah, I think yeah. as well, like the next season, you're going to have five subs as well. So you need that bigger squad. You know, the, the you know the clubs that have come down from the Premier League that have got the bigger squads are going to be at a, a bigger advantage because they can, you know, sort of bring on five players. They have to in the second half. So, yeah, yeah, they, they certainly need to kind of augment what they've got. But, uh, but I do think, as I said already, if the season started tomorrow and everyone was fit, you, you kind of think that, you know, Rangers are still one of the better sides in, in the division. Um, but it's just sort of scratching beneath the surface. And uh, and I say with those ages, I mean, like Kakai, Hamalainen, Chair, Willock, Shadipo, they're not young players anymore. They're, they're, they're 24, 25. That's, they're established footballers now. Yeah, agreed. You know, it's like really, you're looking at the, you know, boys like Joe Gubbin, Sinclair Armstrong, they're the youngsters you're looking at and going, well, mm-hmm. Ollie's going to come through. And, and just a word on Armstrong as well. I think, he, you know, he's not going to Germany. But, I mean, the people that are kind of on Twitter talking about how he should be, I've never seen him play. None of them have seen him play. They haven't. You know, and he, he, he he's still growing into himself. He's a big he's a, he's a big unit. But, you know, he didn't finish the season at Aldershot because he got injured. He's had a lot of injury problems, hasn't he? You so, know, and actually young, sort of, you know, player. trying to pull in muscles and things like that. Yeah. And you know he's gonna to have to get stronger, really, and more resilient. And at some stage, if he was that good and he was that brilliant and that ready, he'd be in the first team. But obviously, the people that are the coaches and they know what they're doing. You know, maybe you just let them stand back and let him develop, rather than you know he's been given a new contract, so they obviously think highly of him. But just sit back and give him a chance to kind of develop. Yeah. To be fair, Ian, we shouldn't even be talking about him, really, should we? No, we shouldn't, really. No. He's, an, he's a youth team player. He's an under-23 yeah, player. Exactly. Mm. I mean, on fullbacks, Kev, you said you think they needed a couple. So what, what were you thinking? Like, obviously, a right-back, like an actual recognised right-back, I assume, got to be one. And then what, one that can play kind of both sides, do you think? Like a versatile, like a Joe type, who's obviously gone now, but is that the answer, do you think? Or I mean, they're after Mac- McNamara at uh, Millwall. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no secret in that. He's got a year left on his contract. Now, obviously, Millwall will obviously at some stage probably offer him a contract. If he don't sign it, I can, you know, they'll probably might have to cash in because you, you're better off getting some money, or they take the risk and think, well, we'll have him for, a, uh, we'll, we'll we'll let his contract run out and and have a push for the playoffs. Mm. You know, there's all worrying up, but. You need a you need an out and out right back, a recognised right back, and someone maybe to. I do still two two or three fullbacks and a centre forward. That's what I'd be looking at, and yeah. I can see a couple of the fullbacks will be lone players, and um, if they don't get McNamara, 
Do you think that's an option loan? Because like Ian said there, as he Bill has kind of come out and said that if he can avoid loans, he will because he would rather concentrate on the players that are actually QPRs, which I, I kind of get. But at the same time, you've got to compete and you've got to try and do well. And if your own players aren't up to it, then you, you, would you not be opposed to bringing, like, like they've done before, bringing these guys on loan and developing them for other clubs if it means at least QPR can better compete next season? Well, look, Kenneth Powell, and I haven't seen him play, but Ian said, let's get it right. We're playing against Crawley. There's a League Two team. Yeah. No. Blackburn away? That's a massive step up first game of the season. Mm. Big crowd. They've got a new manager. We've got a new manager. You know, pressure's on. Crowd's there. Three points at stake. We, we don't know. He's played regular in uh, Holland. But, you know, you know, the level in Holland, from what I can gather, and I've been over there a few times, you've got PSV, Ajax, who are very excellent teams, and the rest, you know, maybe It's final, a weird league. You've got some final, really, like really like good teams. And then, finals yeah. of that championship, and then the rest is League One. It is. Mm. I've been there. And so, to step up, the championship's a tough league. Saturday, We've talked about it. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. You know, there's a break for the World Cup, so it's going to be more Saturday, Tuesdays than ever before. So it's a tough one, you know, and you need you need a backup. You need backups. You need a big squad this season and, and five five subs. So it's a tough, tough league. You know, Blackburn away, and you, it's a big step up from, from playing Crawley. Massive. Mm. That's the thing. We're kind of, uh, well, I mean, I was, when I was saying there, we're kind of assuming that Kenneth Powell's going to come right in and be a starting option and do well. But like I said, he's, you know, he's only played in the Dutch top flight for a team who got relegated last season. And, I, you know, I did a video with a guy who's um, a Peck Zwolle fan, the team he played for in um, in Holland. And he was talking about how you can't really read too much into that. And he is a good player. And all the signs suggest that he will be. But at the same time, it's like you said, it's probably a step up from some of the teams he was playing against last season. What? So I'm just putting a scenario. What if he starts the first two games and he's really poor? Yeah. Who's going to come in the left back? Mm, exactly. It's a results business. Mm. Yeah. And also as well, like with power, as accomplished as he looked, he, he's very small. He's kind of Ilias chair size. Yeah. Kev's had um, enough. He didn't agree with that. <laughs> I'm back. You d- he didn't like that. He didn't like that uh, take, no? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the oven was going to blow up. Yeah. He, he, he's, quite, he's quite diminutive. Um, you know, Blackburn, big physical, strong team. As Cindy De Ying found out last year, um, hmm. so well, yeah, we should see. But yeah, I mean, I think there is a case maybe they should have tried harder to keep Moses. I was going to say um, that. Yeah, do you think he uh, would be quite a good yeah, option he right now? A, he signed for a team in Greece now, so maybe that was on the table all along, and that's why he left. But with Andre Gray as well, same well, thing. The, the thing with Moses is he could cover both left and yeah. right, which yeah, which, which is good. Obviously, it's good. But do you know what I mean? When you have that. Someone who can step in or start, or you know, he's playing left back, and then the right back gets injured, and then oh, Moses go and play right back for me, please. Mm. The left back's now back. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, maybe another year for Moses might have been, a, you know, the sensible thing to do. But he obviously had that injury, didn't he, late in the year? But he, you know, he might have taken a bit of time. I guess they didn't want to give, him, but at the same time, he like I thought he did well when he played last year, and he did play quite a lot of football as well, considering for a guy who's had a lot of injury problems in his 
career. Like he actually played quite a few games last season and did well, I thought. So he had a good um, season. He was a free transfer. I bet he wasn't on big money. He had a good season. Mm. For what? No, for I what? Agree. For what? You know what I mean? Not not penny spent, as in yeah. transfer. Kev mentioned um, Danny McNamara there, Ian. Um, is he the type of player that QPR should be going forward, do you think? I mean, have you seen much of him play? Is he the sort I've of only, player that... I've only seen him play once, and that was at the, the den when Mill won 2-0 last year. And uh, what I remember about him mostly was he had the most unbelievable miss of it, one of the best misses I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, after Better than Jordan Hugo. It was hard. It, it was Hugo-esque. It was kind of <laughs> it was easier to score, as they say. Um, yeah. and he put the ball over the bar from sort of inside the six-yard box. Um, like he's better at defending. Yeah, he, I mean, Millwall were very good that night. They were they were good. Um, that was largely down to um, um, Jez well, Jed, Jed Wallace. Wallace. He was excellent yeah. that game. And from memory, I think he was playing behind him, Jeff Wallace on the right. So, yeah, he, he looked all right. Um, I think Rangers have got to be careful, though, because he is out of contract. But if you're going to go in and try and lowball them, I mean, it's a bit like when Arsenal went in for Suarez at Liverpool. And 40 million and one. And one penny. <laughs> you know, if they're going to go in, they've got to be careful there. Because if you're going to go and lowball teams, they'll just you'll get a situation where they'll try and sell it to anyone else but you. So, um yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit like when QBO had the situation with Ryan Manning. He, he's been out on loan a lot, um, Matt Namara, and sort of had his broke through in the second half of last season, did very, very well. And uh, he's out of contract now. They're trying to keep him, whereas a year ago, they probably wouldn't have been that fast if he stayed or went. Um, so, yeah, I guess Rangers have been on the other side of that as well, losing players for you know a fraction of their value due to their contract situation. So maybe they'll look to try and take advantage of someone else's... Uh, Problems, but I say, yeah, I mean, just it, it could happen. I, I, it's very hard to say, you know, there's lots of names being banded out there, and agents will be putting their client forward. And sort of, I mean, you're guaranteed that Matt Namara's agent will be speaking to the club saying, Well, it's unlikely he's going to sign a contract, you can get him for this and get him for that. That's how these things generally work, and yeah, um, you know, and I'm sure there's sort of you know, generally they, they're speaking to sort of seven or eight or nine different kind of players. And you have a list of players who they think they could get, and you know, if you don't get one, you go for the next one. That's sort of really how it works. And I'm sure they'll bring, they will definitely bring someone in. But yeah, if you look back last year, not many of us heard of Jimmy Dunn. You know, that was done. You know, free transfer from Burnley, who proved to be, in, you know, an excellent signing. Mm. Uh, so well, we shall see. Ian, Ian, just quick one. Scoring in the six-yard box ain't as easy as it looks, mate. <laughs> David Marshall in front of him. <laughs> and he was on the floor, I think. <laughs> I, think it was, I think Marshall saved it and, it. and he followed up the rebound and put it over the bar from memory. Oh, no, I was there. Yeah. Oh, this, Marshall made a really good save low down. And the ball fell to him in the six-yard box. And all he had to do was put it in and he, he stuck it in Rosette behind the goal. It was Well, as yeah. long as he's a good defender. Yeah. <laughs> We're not signing um, for a goal-scoring record, are we? <laughs> um, somewhere else that Bill's kind of highlighted is midfield. Oh, I spoke to him on Friday, just a quick chat, and um, he kind of identified that as an area that maybe they could add another player, someone that can play on like two lines, he said, someone quite versatile that they were looking at. Um, Kev, is that when you... I mean, obviously, we hear a lot about the budget, don't we, and the difficulties of being a championship club nowadays, so... When you're looking at players and being on a tight budget, do you think another midfielder is 
something that the squad needs when you look at it, or would you rather? So, so let's go well? through. We've got Fields, yeah, Amos. Who else? Dizel. Dizel. I have to get the squad list up on my phone. Yeah, I did have a. Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, Charlie Amos Owens, more of a box to box runner from uh, you know, well, he's got the energy and the engine. Whether I mean, I read something about Field is trying to maybe do a little bit of that, but I think Field's best uh, position is sort of protecting the back two, the back. I think four. he's a really good player at that. I think he's in that last you know, season. I think he's really good. Not only is he, I think he's doing good, but yeah, for that for that position, you have to have discipline, and you don't want to have to go. You don't want that player going running off. You want to just obviously Stefan Johansson on the ball, very good. Um, he's a playmaker. Uh, yeah. So and Dazel, I think you know Ian said it quite a bit, and I tend to agree with him. He needs to he needs to up his game, and and the main thing with Dazel for me is he needs to up his work rate and his running. I mean, yeah, nice, neat and tidy left foot on the ball. But, you know, like I said, when you're playing Blackburn away first game of the season and it's, it's 100 mile an hour, you need to be be able to step up and uh, and run and run back and forth with your opposition centre midfield player. Ability-wise, technique-wise in his left foot, he can pass it. But for me, he needs to do a lot more off the ball and up his energy levels. Mm. I mean, George Thomas played there on Saturday for a half. I thought he did some quite good things. I thought his running from midfield is quite interesting, but I'm not sure how well he can play as a centre midfield in a championship on a regular basis. He played behind the the front. Yeah, so a midfielder, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. That's kind of an interesting option. But yeah, I mean, you look at now, so say they're going to play a midfield three. um, Those four that we mentioned, obviously, the main choice. And you've got Thomas, if he's going to do that. Then you've got Charlie Owens. Faisal Batash, I guess you've got some young players. So that maybe they do need another one, I think. What do you think, Ian? Um, well, you know, Don Ball was a good solid pro, wasn't he? Yeah. Squad man could fill in at different positions. I mean, they haven't you know, they haven't replaced him, so to speak. So I don't think you can ever have too many mid centre midfielders. It's I mean, Kev won't agree. Jeff Hendrick, the bad news is Jeff Hendrick has gone to Reading now, so sorry. So the bad news is Jeff Hendrick has gone to Reading now, so he he won't be coming back to QPR this season. Um, Kev won't this won't agree, but I think he's arguably you know the most important position in the park is centre midfield. You know, um, you know. I did play there quite a lot, Ian. So I'm you not did, gonna... mate. Yeah. So I'm you understand gonna... the importance of it. Then then you play right wing in a in a playoff final as well. I did, yeah. <laughs> Mister like Versatile graveyard shift. Oh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, oh, sorry, Ian, if you want to carry on, um, but yeah, again, it's I mean, Thomas, another one, I'm Thomas and Dizelle as well. I think I've been quite critical of Dizelle on here, um, but he has got ability. You can see he's you know, he's very good on the ball, he's very languid, he's got something about him, but you know, this will be a real kind of we'll get a kind of inkling as to how good a coach McBeal is because if he can turn him into a kind of a more dynamic playmaking midfielder with you know with a left you know a left footed one at that as well then you know they paid a million pounds for him as well so it wasn't a cheap signing mm. so, you know it's a big season for him really let's just see what you know what he's got you kind of first season coming from league one you maybe give him a benefit of the doubt a little bit um but you know if they're going to bring another one in i mean it's you, you kind of think it's probably going to just be a 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit when it comes to kind of football lingo, I'm not, I'm not the brightest with that. So when he says playing between the two lines, what does that mean in English, Kev? I, I haven't got a clue myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Dan has either. <laughs> From what? What I took of it is that he means he can play on. So the whole team plays between two lines. Uh, uh, We need to get a translator now. (laughs) I think it means he can play as like a number 10 and in the midfield three as well. So like he can play, you know, the lines of the team. That's what I took from it. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'm glad to be stand corrected. I just thought that's what certain midfielders did. Up and down, you run, run back in the help the defense and you go forward and help the attack. Football's, <laughs> football's changing, oh, no, right? that's old school. That them days are over, days are out, mate. Yeah, them days the of new... running back and helping your defense and running forward and helping your strikers <laughs> have gone. Got to play between the lines. No, but if he's saying play between lines, I'm thinking defensive midfield player and the other one because, yeah, all that. Yeah, I mean, field from what I'm reading, it's like he's gonna be a runner on, which I can't see it, but. You never I like met. him in that defensive midfield role. I think if you got Johansson and someone else who's playing well alongside him, I think that could work really well. But yeah, I mean, do you think I they mean, need anything else, Kev? So obviously we said uh, fullbacks, maybe another midfielder, striker. Who's the number two goalkeeper at the moment? Well, it'd be Archer and Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, I think oh, it might Archer. be Joe Walsh. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. and Archer too. Obviously, so they have got two. There. As yeah. long as last season don't happen again, they might be. Right. Hopefully, they'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. sorted. So you think that, that if they get a couple of fullbacks, maybe another I think striker? I think it, they need to get a couple of fullbacks, at least two, maybe a number nine, and that he might be one in the midfielder. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, depends what system he wants to play. Do you know what I mean? He's gonna looks like he's gonna play four at the back. Um, is he gonna play two up front? Doubt it. Maybe I think this four-three-three will probably be the same. So you got three, and then in midfield, then you got, I mean, four senior players for three positions. It's a bit light, isn't it? Unless a young player's going to come on and do well, then yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be if you're going to play a number nine, and then you obviously uh, Tyler Roberts is going to play. He's going to play because he's he, he ain't coming down from Leeds not to play. And then mm. can you put can you put Chair and Willock in? Do you know what I mean? Where's the width going to come from? Yeah, it's really got a Doma coming off the bench. Shadipo, maybe he might, because he did quite well at Oxford a couple of years ago. He had a really good own spell there, scored a lot of goals. So he might be someone that can come off the bench, change it up a bit. But what do you think, Ian? Do you think that is there any other areas we've missed that start jump out to you as somewhere they need to strengthen? Or do you feel like we've kind of mentioned everywhere that you'd be happy to keep you other strengthening yeah, in this uh, window? I think by and large, I mean, we said it after Mike Warburton left that, you know, it didn't need to be major surgery on the squad. The spine of it is pretty strong. Um, it, it's just that kind of the depth. But I mean, it, it's it's quite hard to find players that are going to come in and be backups, isn't it? As well, this is the thing when you talk yeah. about the depth. It's like that makes it harder as well. I think. So, but I mean, I, th- I do think Rangers are in quite a decent position. I mean, they're not looking for like you know first choice centre backs because the centre backs they've all got are on big contracts and they're not very good. That's they're pretty strong in that department, um, you know. But I mean, wing backs almost become well, full backs of you know, they're a new, it's a new football currency, is it? You know, look, it's the kind of the Reese James and the Trent Alexander Arnolds that's what you know, the modern breed of a full back. And everyone likes strikers, everyone wants them. And they've now, you know, just seen Nico Williams go to Forest for 13 million pounds, yeah, good player, but hasn't really played in the Premier League. But that, that kind of player is 
everyone wants them and they you know there's a there's a price on them so you, you you know what who they want and who they can afford to get is you know two two very different things yeah no, i think right back is the massive one in it when you look at the squad they they got to get a decent first choice what well, good first choice right back option in that when he talks about the one or two that he hopes that are a bare minimum he's he's obviously talking about fullbacks like right backs got to, got to be a necessity but yeah let us know what you think uh qpr need uh what, what we've spoken about today as well uh, in the comments below and leave a like and subscribe as well and yeah we should be back again very soon now the football's back so thanks for watching